Welcome to Marketing Minds, episode 10. Today, I'm joined by Alex Hitt. Um, he works in four creators. He does creator networking, creator tutorials, all things, podcast, YouTube, etc. Um, the guy's really a, a power networker. Uh, based out of Hawaii, bright and early for him today. Um, having a little chat before the recording started. But, you know, Alex, thank you for joining the podcast today. How are you doing? Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, bright and early here in Hawaii, 7 a.m. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, I'd love to just get a little bit of background for the audience real quick. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about um, what you do and, and you know, kind of how you got into this digital creator space and, and what are you all about? Sure. So started back during the pandemic. I The reason I'm in Hawaii is I moved here to be a hotel manager. I got a, an amazing job. I was about to make six figures as a 27-year-old, and I was stoked. And then on my first day, I got laid off because of COVID. Oh, and I had, to decide, I had to decide what to do next. So I tried this and tried that. I flipped furniture on Facebook. I drove food delivery. I sold old bags of concrete at one point. And uh, I... Uh, sorry, the typing's kind of loud. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, sorry. Uh, so right. Deciding what to do. Eventually after about a year of discovery, I decided to become a real estate agent just cause there, I don't know. That was the thing that came to mind, I guess. So I did that, jumped into that. Didn't know anybody. We were on lockdown. And so I had to start using social media and I knew things about social media cause I had managed it at the hotels that I worked at. Um, so I'd managed, you know, some pretty big social media accounts before, but I never wanted to do it for myself. I didn't like to be in front of the camera. I used to be the guy who would post like once every four years on Facebook and it wouldn't even mm. be me. It would be like a sunset, right? <laughs> and I'd put like an inspirational quote. Yeah. Or like two words, like life changes, you know, like something moody, <laughs> you know, something really yeah, corny. Yeah. And, but you know, I was like that guy, like didn't, didn't like to post on social media, but I said, Hey, you know, if I'm going to do this i'm gonna make money i was literally desperate like i have to so i just started mm -hmm. and in 2021 when i became a real estate agent i ended up selling three houses million bucks a pop you know three million dollars in sales and it was life-changing it was a lot more money i actually made more money in my first real estate deal than i made the entire previous year that's great so it was pretty amazing um and i said wow i guess i know a couple things about social media so i started teaching one person and another and then you know, about a year later, I had a full business and replaced my real estate income. That's awesome. Um, and it's and it's been kind of a discovery since then of what's the best way to go. You know, I started coaching on TikTok and and now I'm a little bit more preferable to YouTube and YouTube podcasting and long form content. But yeah, I think, you know, I started with the short form content because it was really the most accessible. Right now we're kind of getting a little mm -hmm. bit more advanced over time and used in AI art and, you know, different stuff like that to kind of increase the quality of the content. But yeah, that's how I got to where I am today. Cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, you have a very non-traditional path, um, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of marketers and it's, it's an interesting, um, correlation that a lot of marketers have is that, you know, they don't always come from marketing backgrounds or like have this, you know, desire to be a marketer at a young age kind of thing. Like a lot of us just kind of end up here. Um, through, you know, life circumstances, career shifts, opportunities that we decided to take, you know, so um, I feel like, you know, most entrepreneurial minded people end up on like the 
I'm going to be a real estate agent thing. Like at some point, like it's very like a, you know, it's like an idolicized um, career path, you know, and it's yeah. not easy. So, you know, kudos to you for like, you know, actually seeing that through actually having houses closed and, you know, high ticket houses at that, you know, and then, so they actually made a really big impact on your revenue. So, I mean, that's not an easy thing. Like a lot of people talk about like, oh yeah, just be a real estate agent and you'll be rich. But then like when you actually get into like, you got to like do all the learning, you got to take the classes, you got to take the like exam, get the certifications, like all that, like it, it's not an easy thing to do. And then, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of real estate agents that you're competing with and you have to just out market, out sales them. And so it's not, it's not an easy thing. So, you know, th that's really cool. Um, and then I bet that's even more fun in Hawaii because everything's beautiful in Hawaii. So it's <laughs> awesome. Um, well, cool. So going from that on to now doing, you know, video content, video marketing, like getting yourself out there. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you were not, not that guy. Like you did not want to be on camera. You did not want to be the voice you want, you know, posting two word caption videos that are, you yeah. know, inspirational or something, right? Like, yeah. how did you kind of break out of that shell, break out of that mold and get to where, you know, now you're comfortable being on video, you're comfortable doing um, video and audio content? You know, I think that <clears throat> my perspective on it was being a content creator was kind of um, like, a, maybe, I don't know, like, a, not desirable, or I would, I guess it comes kind of comes down to status, like a status thing, like, oh, being a content creator is low status because you're mm -hmm. out there, you know, trying to do something on social media. And, and especially when you have a small following, right? You know, it's like you're kind of shouting into a void. Um, but I got to the point where, you know, I learned in real estate, like you said, if you want to do a business, you got to do marketing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just it is what it is. And it has to be on social media. And if you're a personal brand or you're you know, the company, you know, I'm one person and it has to be yeah. you. So I just got to a point where I said, what the heck do I have to lose? You know, I have nothing. I was $25,000 in credit card debt, my back against the wall. And I just had to do it. I literally recorded videos in my car for real estate, like in between food deliveries. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I was just, I mean, I grinded for a year and I said, anything is better than this. I mean, that's really my story is I yeah. just had to, I had to. And said, what the heck do I have to lose? And I got a whole business out of it, a whole new life and income and work from home. And I mean, amazing things. So obviously I had a lot to gain. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people get to that point too, where they just say, um, I've been avoiding this for whatever reason. And uh, I have to start because it's, yeah. I think, a, a necessary thing. Yeah, you know, it, it's that's a great way to put it. You know, and I, th I think, you know, being backed into a corner often helps us find like, you know, the, the best parts of ourselves or get the best work done that we could be doing and those kind of things. It's something that, you know, building a, a personal brand or, you know, like social media marketing in general is it's a grind. And like a lot of people, you know, who are looking from the outside in are like, you know, Oh, I just need the right words or the right image. And I'm going to have a post that gets a billion <laughs> likes and, you know, if my business is going to explode or whatever. So I'm going to hire this social media person or I'm going to, you know, just start posting and, and like, it's going to all magically work out for me. And that, that's why so many like either try it, fail and try it, fail, try it, fail, just are in this endless cycle of never getting it going 
um, or they just never started at all because, you know, it's, it's like this impossible mountain that they've built in their mind of like, I'm just going to do this thing and it's going to work right away. And, and, or I'm just too stupid. Like, I don't know the right words to say, or I don't have enough interesting things to say. And like, like most things in life that are worth doing, it's incredibly difficult and it takes a long time and people don't like recognize that always. It's like, you know, to create a brand online, the epitome is you need to be everywhere. You need to be there all the time and you need to say similar things and start to become known for something. And if you're constantly switching topics or you, you know, post once a week on one platform or you, you know, worse post for a month, go crazy five days a week. Awesome. And then you're like, ah, it's not working. I'm not seeing results. It's like, it's just not how it works. You know, I've been posting daily on LinkedIn for like eight months and really just the last two months has it really started to show heavy dividends for me. I've been doing a newsletter once a week for over eight months now. And like it has growth spikes and then it has flat points and it has growth spikes and it has flat points. Like that's just the way it works, you know, with any medium, podcast, video, newsletter, social, whatever it is, you know, and I think a lot of people on the outside just don't have that perspective of like, you know, it's not about having the best content or like having the perfect words to say or the best story or whatever. It's about just being really consistent and being willing to have nothing to show for it for a really long time. That's the only way you get to a point where, you know, you're like, oh, this actually makes me money. Oh, that like people know who I am now. And like, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, you know, I, I love the story of like, you know, being back to do a corner and that being the driving motivator, because I think a lot of people need that. Um, and not a lot, of, you know, not a lot of people get to that point yeah. where they're like, it's this or nothing. Like I got to just go all in on it. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't have that solo, you know, I am the business experience either. You know, I think freelancers can can learn from this. I think real estate agents can learn from this. The new era of solopreneur, the the content, you know, people can learn from this. Yeah. But um, it's a hard position you know, to be in, though, because and I can have a lot of sympathy for for other people who might have been in who have been in my position. Right. You don't have anything. And now you have to put yourself out there to a global audience. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're not speaking from a position of expertise or you don't want to come from a, a position of, you know, lack or desperation. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard to, to be in that position and, you know, to start. And so, yeah, I, I did throw the idea of quality kind of out the window. Right. Mm -hmm. And in one month I posted 300 videos in a month. Wow. Because I was, I was coaching people and I said, listen, you know, they couldn't post a video a day. And I said, guys, I'm going to do 10 videos a day every day for a month to show you that it's really not that hard. Right. But we put so many mental barriers in front of ourselves of, oh, it's not the quality. And people want it to be quality because it's their business and they want to represent their mm -hmm. business in the best light possible. But I said, you know, my business and you guys are dying on the vine, not because your video quality is not good. It's because you don't have any and nobody knows who you are. And I yep. always give this example. My, one of my first videos on TikTok that like went viral, right? Got a lot of views. It had 36,000 views. And I said, wow, 36,000 views. Like I'm going to get clients. Like this is going to be amazing. And then I, and then I kind of 
you know, did a scale of numbers like, okay, 36,000. How many people is that really? I live on a small island in a small town called Kailua, okay, on the island of Oahu in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The most remote location on the earth is Hawaii, okay? My small town on the small island in the middle of, in the, middle of the Pacific Ocean has 36,000 people in it. <laughs> so I'm like, really, all I've done is reach my small little town. I really haven't reached many people at all. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times as marketers, you know, people, wow, a million people are, you know, or the van, oh, don't go for the vanity metrics of a million people. A million people ain't that many people either. Mm-hmm. And especially when you understand, oh, you got to reach that person eight, nine times yeah, for them to even internalize what you even said or even understand yeah. it or get a basis of who you are. So, yeah, yeah. I'm big on the quantity side of things as a mm-hmm. marketer, especially when you're new. And yeah. then, yeah, obviously you'll get better over time, but, um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's often the advice I also give to anybody, you know, I get a lot of like DMS and things asking about like personal branding advice. Like, can you take a look at my profile? Can you take a look at this post? Like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Whatever, you know? And I think, you know, most of those people are very early in the process and they're over analyzing every little thing. It's like you can have a crappy headline, you can have a crappy banner, you can have a not so great profile photo, you know, and your posts might not be amazing. But if, you know, you're spending all day worrying about all of that, and then, you know, you only post once in a month, it's never going to get better, no matter how much you refine and improve and do whatever your, your profile, like what matters is what are you doing every day? What are you saying to the people that you want to have as your audience, you know, like, you're sitting here with a hundred followers and you're stressing about, does your banner look right? Should you choose a different color? Like, you know, those are not the things to be worrying about, right? Like you can figure that out whenever you get to a, a grand or five grand or 10 grand, you know, like there's so many other priorities that just come first in the, in the process. And like, I a hundred percent agree with you quantity over quality in the beginning, 100%, you know, once you get to a certain level, you want to focus on quality. Absolutely. Because you figured out what your audience wants. You figured out what's working and what's not working. But in the beginning, nine out of 10 or probably more than that of the stuff that you post is just not going to be good. Like no matter how much you pour over like the, like did, is it 4k? Like, is the lighting just right? Like, do I have my captions edited beautifully? Like, et cetera. It's just not going to be good in the beginning. Like your audience, you don't know what your audience wants. You know, you don't know if, you know, you're even like hitting the note that people are looking for. You don't know all the little things that may come up. You need to just focus on getting as much out there as possible, looking at what sticks and then and then iterating on that. And eventually you'll only have that small five, 10 percent that's really good. And then you work on quality. So 100 yeah. percent agree with you on that. You know, I'd love to touch a little bit more on this whole creator networking, creator tutorials aspect sure. of your of your life now, this coaching program, you know, all of these. Sure. What does that, you know, look like? You know, you said that you you fully replaced your real estate income at this point, and this is this is you're all in on this. You know, tell me a little bit about like how did that start? What was the vision? And you know, what were those first kind of customer interactions like? So <clears throat> when I was a real estate agent, I started doing online networking. So I don't know if you're familiar with online networking events, but basically it's 20 people in a zoom call and you have an opportunity to, you know, go into breakout rooms and have some more individual connections, then connect on a one-on-one 
And I really liked doing online networking because I used to be a hotel manager. I used to meet 200 new people every single day. And so mm -hmm. I liked online networking because it was just meeting new people and you just meet new people and meet new people. But after about a year of doing that in 2021 as a real estate agent, all of my deals came from social media. None of them came through online networking, not a single one and really not even a referral or any good leads. And I was doing this for a lot. I mean, I'd spent a lot of time doing these online networking mm -hmm. events. So I, I, I had been building relationships and, you know, getting my name out there and people knew me, but they knew me as Alex, the Hawaii real estate guy. And a lot of people in online networking events don't have a million dollars to buy a house in Hawaii. Go figure. Right. So, but I said, man, this is such an amazing opportunity. And, you know, if I had a product that was cheap and affordable and could actually help, you know, these business owners out, well, then this is a, a great, you know, this could be a great thing. But I just didn't know the product. You know, I tried a couple things, you know, we did the network marketing thing and we did this and we did that and nothing really landed and connected. And then I, you know, got on, I started really kind of going into TikTok for myself and seeing amazing results and started asking business owners, hey, are you using TikTok? And 99% said no. And I said, well, why not? Mm. Well, we don't know how to use it. Okay, well, I can help with that. And so I kind of found a, innovative way to coach people over zoom by connecting my phone to zoom and you know i'm able to draw on the screen and actually walk them through step by step on what button to click i call it click by click direction right where click on mm -hmm. this button click click on this and a lot of my customers or a lot of my clients are older you know millennials or gen z they don't need instructions on how to use tiktok it's like you know embedded they're born with it it's their instinct you know, mm -hmm. older people, it's complicated, right? And there's a lot of questions. So a, a lot of my business was coaching older people on how to use social media and giving them that instruction on here, click this button, click this button, click this button. Um, and started off with a really low cost membership, $10 mm -hmm. a month, and then mm -hmm. got clients and built a community and then upped it to 49 and upped it to 100 and upped it to 200 and now it's more expensive um, but i really liked kind of starting off that low cost membership because there was a lot of people who did want to support me or learn from me or um but i didn't have the sales skills or landing pages you know i didn't have the knowledge to charge people you know a huge agency fee and honestly uh i was teaching tiktok like after only using it for a couple of months you know? Right. So, I mean, I didn't really have, but, um, yeah. So it started off with low cost membership and that created a monthly reoccurring revenue for me. Right. So it created mm -hmm. a, kind of a stable income. Um, that wasn't like, Oh, I sell a thousand dollar coaching package. And the next month I got to find another one. Yeah. So I really like the subscription model. Um, you see a lot of businesses going towards that. Um, yeah. And that, that, that was kind of the origin of that. And when I first started, I called it the TikTok for business group which is a really long and kind of cumbersome name and yeah. <laughs> um, found out through creating my own content and finding what was working that the tutorial based videos were the videos that did best for me. Mm -hmm. Like the all my videos that have a million plus views, they're all me showing people how to do things. Um, so I said, okay, well that's really my brand more so than the TikTok for business group is more of a tutorial um, based group. So um, decided to go with creator tutorials and that's what we're, that's what we're rolling with now. And then I was doing the online networking space and I said, man, it would be so powerful if all these people in these networking groups, one, join my community and, you know, combined efforts, but not everyone wants to join my community. So I said, let me start my own networking group. That's just for social media creators. Mm -hmm. And so we called that creator networking 
and we have it every other uh, Thursday. And yeah, I just invite social media creators who usually are not in the networking space. You don't find a lot of social media influencers doing online networking. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so much that can be learned from just connecting with other creators and what tools are you using and how are you doing this and what, you know, what what new things have come out. So it's really awesome because we have podcasters and people on Instagram and LinkedIn experts and Facebook and we kind of mastermind and, and connect and, um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the goal for, you know, it's more of a passion project. I like doing that. Um, but it's also kind of a way to attract people and you could say kind of top of funnel and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be great for brand awareness and, and whatnot, you know, just having these networking events. And I mean, you know, to your point, it's funny being social media people, you know, we're supposed to be social, but often like we're very siloed, right? We have our own kind of bubble. We're all focused on our projects, accounts, you know, pages, whatever we're managing. Right. And then like, and that's it. Like nothing exists outside of this. We just need to, you know, focus on all the work that needs to be done. And so it's rare that you really get a lot of opportunity to, you know, intermingle with people that are in similar roles as you. So you definitely see tons of value uh, there, not just from like a tools perspective and, and like, you know, best practices perspective, but also just by like building a network of professionals like yourself that you can bounce ideas off of anytime you need to, that you can, you know, interlay with, you know, that's, that's, you know, in the personal branding space, if there's social media marketers, creators, whatever that are, that are trying to build, their own personal brands, there's nothing more valuable than having a network of other people that are trying to do the same thing, you know, and like interacting with each other on socials, whatever platforms it is that you're trying to grow on, you know, having these collaborative, you know, relationships are extremely valuable. So, you know, I definitely see tons of value there for, for your audience. I understand why it's gotten big. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to touch on the, you know, the elephant in the room, the G, the GPT elephant in the room sure. and, and the other AI, you know, mid journey, like there's all these, these crazy yep. AI advancements. I've actually seen that you made an AI video, you know, mm. how, how do you see AI kind of impacting the space with that you work in and, and, you know, what have uh, you already sort of taken advantage of in your workflow? You know, it's evolving so fast. It's hard to, mm-hmm. right? It, it's almost like say, oh, use this tool in the next next week or the next day. It's going to be obsolete and there'll be a better one out there. So it's almost like yeah. a wait and see type of thing because these things are going to be optimized and made better. I'm not the most, uh, well, I, I am, I guess, more techie than the average person. But, you know, like ChatGPT, been using it. You know, the plugins are interesting. I've been more pulled towards the AI art side of things. Like when I first got mid journey, you know, version four, I spent like a week solid, just prompting and you know, everything. Um, so I really like the AI art tools. I think it's really cool. Um, I've used some of them for YouTube videos and, you know, creating long form music videos. So that's kind of a, one of the hacks that I have for YouTube is you've seen these lo-fi playlists, you know, watch time is really important on YouTube. So I've created these 12 hour long, you know, watch yeah. time harvesting videos. Um, so I think that's interesting because I wanted to create YouTube videos before, but it's like, what are you going to download a bunch of stock footage or so you can create a bunch of images, create yeah. your own, you know, long form videos there. Um, I, I don't know though. Cause y- you know, I try to use chat GPT to write some scripts for YouTube videos and I think it may be a little bit more cumbersome than just writing it out yourself. I mean, if you're, yeah. you don't know anything about the subject, but you know, ChatGPT, write me a script. Okay. Well, you write the script, you got to read it and you got to edit it. 
and then you just say it. And then when you're saying it, it doesn't really sound like you. And then, mm-hmm. so, you know, might as well just write it yourself at the end of the day. Right. Or maybe do the research. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, super powerful. I haven't, I'm not as big on chat GPT as maybe some people. Um, but I think, yeah, the potential, and if you had a website and you're doing blog posts, um, yeah, I think that'd be great. Um, I think for the AI video and stuff, I think you start getting down this rabbit hole of like, um, okay, you do the AI video. Okay. Well then you want to optimize this. Then you got to put it in, you know, Adobe and you're doing after effects and, you know, eventually you're just doing like CGI, you know, you're just doing, you know, really complex (laughs) CGI editing. So, um, I I think a lot of people who maybe have better taste than me are like the AI video isn't really it, you know, it's good and maybe it's going to get better in the future and, or of course it'll get better in the future, but. I think eventually you'll just end up in being a, you know, CGI artist and, you mm-hmm. know, using some more complex tools than, you know, the, the cloud-based, you know, video, you know, things that you have. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's really cool. I really like it because I have a big creative project and vision that I've been working on for a long time that I haven't announced yet, but, you know, to do it, it would require a huge design team and a lot of money. And I think with the AI tools, I could do it myself to still create a product that I'm proud of and not have to pay, um, you know, for, you know, a bunch of designers to do a really long, right. So I think that's kind of the thing and it makes producing some things for yourself if you're a solo business or maybe don't have a lot of money. Um, I think these things can be really, really good. But if you're like, how do I create like the highest quality or really impactful content? I don't know if AI is going to be it, but. Yeah, I, I sort of I agree with you in a lot of those ways. I think, you know, there's it, it, we're still in like the infant stages of this thing. But like you said, it's some new advancements happening every week. So it gets crazier and crazier, um, you know, from the creative aspect. I think we're we're mostly there for a lot of the design and visual elements for a lot of things, you know, like it's creating photorealistic versions of, of things. You know, I saw somebody did a mid journey thing earlier today where it was a brand crossover between uh, North face and Jeep. I, yeah. I, I wish I could call the person out cause I don't remember, but I commented on it or whatever. Um, and I mean, it looked like it was real. Like it, they had like a brand slide where it was like, you know, brand X brand. The Jeep looked like it was in a showroom, like a very like realistic Jeep with like North Face branding on it. Like they mm. had really close ups of different clothing and stuff with Jeep logos. Like it was super realistic to the point that like if you didn't tell me that it was AI generated, I would have believed that it was mm. a real thing, you know. And so like we're getting to that point, especially with Mid Journey and their their latest like image processing update it's like you know i I, i'm just in awe every time i see some of these you know new things that are happening i'm like you know what is the point where you know video is a lot more complicated than still images because you have to incorporate audio you have to incorporate movement it has to be seamless it has to flow there's already a lot of nuance to you know you write a string of text and you are expecting a very specific image the level of nuance goes through the roof when you're expecting a series of images to be a, you know, 10 minutes long or whatever it is that you're going for in a video. The, the complexities are, are ridiculous. It's like, how are you ever going to get exactly what you're looking for? Um, but I mean, I'm constantly shocked by what we're getting, becoming capable of. Yeah. So there's no doubt in my mind, we get to that point some, somehow, people way smarter than me, somehow we're going to get there. What do you think is the point, you know, in your mind where, you know, 
going into fairy tale land here a little, but like, what is the point where you would say, okay, AI is functional enough that like I would use this for like, you know, the brunt of my video work that doesn't, you know, necessarily include your personal face. Um, you know, it really comes down to, we, I think even at this point, we can probably create whatever we want. Right. I mean, it, putting it even with the kind of limited tools we have now, I think that you probably could create, you know, whatever you want. And then it just comes down to your own mind and your own creativity. And then people kind of have a, well, you know, what I've actually been seeing is that they've been, they, they've been putting these things that, um, that help you like these different prompts, like they'll, what, you know, mm -hmm. they'll like walk you through the creative process. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm pretty heavy on the, using the AI video for social media, not for like a, um, I'm creating really amazing art, but I'm creating marketing material, you know, to get out there a lot. Um, yeah. you know, just for, cause it like for vo like volume is really important, right? Well, how do we create a lot of volume, mm -hmm. right? Use the AI tool. So there'll probably be this in there already is this, um, you know, huge proliferation of AI generated content out there, video content. And as the, it becomes more advanced. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I, I would use it a lot. Um, I like the way that I'm using it is through the AI videos and through, you know, creating these long, you know, create AI music, create AI visuals, then, you know, create kind of a cool movie. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, I guess I, I'm not, I don't like to speak about the AI too much cause I'm just so kind of, you know, it's so new, like who can really speak intelligently yeah. on it. Right. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, I guess I love it there. <laughs> cool yeah cool yeah. yeah i'm i'm excited for the day where i can just like you know take a blog post stick it into a generator and it spits out like a five minute video that is just like right on target for the topic and it's like a how-to or educational whatever and it's like no post-processing no editing no voice recording like it just nails it like that you know and i i don't know when we're gonna get there i'm already shocked that we've gotten this far in like the last two quarters alone um, but like I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for that. Cause I think it's, it's extremely exciting. I've actually been, um, working on a project outside of like, pub I haven't really published it yet or, or, uh, you know, talked about it. Um, but I have a blog that I'm doing a test on. I bought a brand new domain, brand new, like set up a, a WordPress account, everything. And I'm doing purely AI, everything. All the copy on the site is 100% AI generated. The images are all AI generated. The SEO optimization and whatnot is all AI SEO optimization. No, no, like changes, nothing. I paste exactly what it, it spits out, um, you know, and, and I'm just like publishing in mass um, to just see like what happens, you know, how, how does the, how do the algorithms take that? Because I think. Google's already indicated that it's fine with AI content and, you know, YouTube's owned by Google. So I see that as like the next frontier. Once we get to the point where like you can output video at the same quality and ease that you can output text right now, there's just going to yeah. be this massive like wave of new creators and, and yeah. possibilities that are going to come out of this thing. I mean, I'm being a little bit shy here because I, do so i i've been using these ai tools like caber is one that can animate a, 
an image, a mid-journey image, a pretty complex image into a video and creates this really, you know, very intricate and very detailed video image that would take a lot of processing on a, you know, to do. But it's, it's interesting how the AI tools can create art that is so like complex and so Mm. detailed and you know, I, I think about the term phantasmagoria, which is this kind of sensory overload. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I think where those, I think this is maybe where we're going with the video is, you know, people were always talking about the TikTok generation, right? And they're just consuming these super short videos, right? And it's this massive amount of stimulation. I think that's where we're going with the video, the AI video too, is that we're going to be creating these incredibly complex hyper stimulating videos that are like hacking your mm. brain right with just the amount of stimulation <laughs> overload and then you're going to be put into the virtual reality environment right mm. and it's yeah. almost this this hypnotic um you know like uh circus on you know like psychedelic <laughs> circus on steroids right? it's just crazy so that's if yeah. i was to say like where the ai tools are going to go it's going to go towards and they said this, like they're all kind of moving towards hyper-realism. That's what the systems mm-hmm. are optimizing for is to make things more realistic. And then you'll enter into this hyper-reality of incredibly complex, hyper-stimulating images that are realer than real life. So that's as, that's as intelligent as I'm going to sound on the topic. But I do <laughs> see that it, it kind of going that direction of really, really complex and over, you know, so if, if you want to check out some of those, you can go watch you know, some of my YouTube music videos. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a good thing or, you know, but <laughs> yeah, is it good or go. is it not good? I don't know, but that's where it's probably going, not. Right? I, uh, yeah, yeah you know, book, it's but... really <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, it's just really crazy. You know, I see like, um, you know, I, I see, you know, write like a two sentence prompt to like mid journey, for example, and it spits out hyper detailed, hyper, like vibrant quality image down to the T of like what you asked for. And like, you could give that exact same prompt to a designer and it would take them three days and it probably wouldn't look as good, you know, and it takes 30 seconds in mid journey. It is insane, you know? And so like the, the ability to just move quickly in so many ways, like so many things, um, it's just ridiculous. You know, I think the next like big iteration that I'd like to see is better editing capabilities. You know, like you can, you prompt and then you can kind of give it some direction of how to change, but it's not, it's not great at taking corrections. Um, and, and really none of them, none of the tools are great at taking corrections quite yet. Um, they still, they still kind of like end up around the same and they don't quite adjust. But like at the point where like, you know, when you, when a designer sends something to you and then you give them some feedback, it will often come back looking basically exactly how you asked them to change it. But with mid journey or ChatGPT with text, you know, whatever it is, there's always like some still like, Hey, you kind of did what I asked, but there's a few things here that like still don't really match what I asked for at, at the point where you can like to the T have like full editing capability just by like writing strings of text. It's like, floodgates man or it's gonna be open uh open season uh let alone like adding in the ability to you know upload a video or audio file and it digest 
the information in that and then translate it as a prompt or, you know, um, <laughs> hey, Alexa, create a image based on X and send it to my email. And it just, you know, like that, that level of ease of access is just going to be like ridiculous. So, well, we kind of went down a rabbit hole here on the AI stuff. So let's, let's come back to earth a little, um, in, in, you know, what you're doing now, right. With, with the big push to YouTube, YouTube recently announced that they're, uh, that they have their own YouTube podcast platform, which I think is super exciting. Um, I'm, you know, really excited to jump on that wave. You know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. It's an amazing hub for content. You know, in my mind, it is, it is the most powerful social media platform available. Um, you know, video has always been the most engaging, most interactive, you know, highest retention, um, type of content that there is. Um, and so YouTube adding podcasts to their repertoire, they added gaming just a few years ago, you know, live streaming has become a big thing on YouTube as well. You know, what do you see, um, the biggest opportunities on YouTube right now? And, and, you know, what has you excited, um, you know, going forward with the work that you're doing and the work that your clients are doing. Yeah. So I always test things out. I, I like to be a practitioner and not kind of read things on LinkedIn and say, oh, this is how it works. Right. But actually do it myself and see where I'm getting results. Cause I think I'm a pretty good gauge for the average person. Cause I don't, I'm not super technical editor. I, you know, I know how to do editing and stuff, but I, I try to keep it pretty simple and things that other people can replicate relatively easily. So I always also look for where's the new opportunity because the new opportunity likely has the least amount of competition. So I think last year, mm -hmm. the year before, right, was TikTok, right? A lot of businesses, 99% that I talked to didn't use TikTok. Now it's a little bit more widespread and people get it. And if they want to be on it, they're probably on it. Um, and a lot of people aren't going to buy from a 15 second TikTok video, maybe from all of your videos together. Um, or your profile that they might buy, but uh, really long form content, I think is where you right build community and there's more, there's better mm -hmm. engagement. And um, so I, I've been moving over towards YouTube more because I am pretty good at getting views. Like I kind of got that down. TikTok, you obviously know, uh, it doesn't really pay you very well for views, right? Right. But I'm generating yeah, millions of views, you know? I, yeah. So on TikTok, I was generating about a million views per month. And I said, okay, I want to get paid just off of the views itself. And the best platform to do that is, you know, YouTube, right? So that was kind of why I jumped into YouTube. And I had experimented with shorts because that came out, but I hadn't really figured out the puzzle. I was getting a couple hundred. And when you compare that to TikTok, a couple hundred per post is not that many. Um, and then I said, too, how do I increase the amount of content that I'm doing? I was kind of getting burn, burned out doing, you know, 300 TikTok videos in a month. So how do I create a lot of content, but not be the expert in every single industry and topic? Because I'm just not. Mm -hmm. um, well, I can interview people, right? So that's a great thing about podcasts is you kind of offload the content creation to your guest. So that's nice. Um, but it's a win-win, it's a right? You promote them. I'm good at getting views. I can get them out there. They just have to come and, and show up. And, um, so dived into that. And then YouTube just released YouTube podcasting, which is a brand new came out what last week and it's yeah. a big opportunity i think for people because youtube is actually the largest podcast platform currently it's about 26 percent. spotify is 20 percent 
Apple podcast is 22%. So they're all kind of evenly matched about 20% YouTube being the highest, but they hadn't had a dedicated audio only podcast feature. So now that Mm -hmm. they have a audio only podcast feature, it's giving that YouTube podcast two opportunities to be seen once through YouTube video and then through their podcasting only platform. Um, so I think that's a big opportunity for people and then you can get ad spend on it too. You know, they haven't released audio only ad spend, but I'm sure that's coming. So I think you're just, they're giving you more opportunities, um, on YouTube to monetize the views itself. And I think that's, I think that's an important, I mean, you see a lot of businesses doing this, right? Is they're, you know, the one that comes to mind is like the UFC, like I'm big into UFC MMA fighting. And they say that <laughs> all of their fighters have to go out there and create a YouTube podcast in order to make money. Like, so there's something yeah. behind that, right? And you see a lot of people creating a, a, a podcast or a long form video. And the podcast is great, right? Because it creates a really long video, mm-hmm. an hour long video. And people uh, listen for, you know, keeping audio listeners, which, okay, keeping audio listeners is easier than retaining video. Because video, there's just more involved and, you know, people are listening to the podcast as they're washing the dishes, doing their chores. When people are watching videos, there's just more attention on it. And so I think there's more things to consider for, for video content as opposed to audio. So yeah, think, yeah, YouTube podcasting, big opportunity. Um, Oh, the last thing I was going to say is I've been having a ton of success. I have a video about this, but promoting your YouTube podcast with the YouTube remix feature. So Mm -hmm. Um, remix feature is new and it basically allows you to take a snippet from a long form video and turn it into a YouTube short. And when you use the remix feature, it has a link that links directly to the long form podcast. Yeah. So that's really, we've talked yeah, about this that's a an lot. Interest- yeah. Sorry. I was just jumping in there. You know, it's a really interesting no. feature for them to add, to add. Cause like it, it, you know, I've seen short form for, uh, shorts in general for YouTube have really blown up. Like, you know, it's the TikTok yeah. vibe. YouTube essentially just was like, Hey, let's do this too. It's been a hugely effective. They incorporate it in the recommendations in the feed. And it's, you know, a huge portion of their, their view time now. And, you know, but YouTube has always lived and died off of the long form content. Mm-hmm. So having a way for creators to plug those short form views directly back into long form content is, is, is huge. It's actually an update that I really didn't see coming. Um, but that is extremely valuable for creators on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And I found too, when I upload a good short, like a a short that I think is going to perform, it performs worse than the YouTube remix, which is of lower quality. Hmm. It's interesting. So I upload even pretty subpar YouTube remixes and they get a couple thousand views. As opposed to like, you know, the talking head videos that's op- like TikTok-esque, right? Like hook story offer type of yeah. thing. They don't perform as well <laughs> as just using the remix feature, which I think. So something in the YouTube algorithm, at least from my perspective, is prioritizing the remix and they like the remix. Yeah. There's not a lot of people. I, you can look. There's not a ton of people clicking on. Maybe it's because the video is subpar, but there's not a lot of people clicking on the remix to go to the YouTube video yet but i think a lot of people are just unfamiliar with it like they don't even realize you can click a button and go to the right it's a new feature um yeah 
I'm curious, you know, so I'm not as deep in the rabbit hole of the AdSense and how all this works for the creators and whatnot. But, you know, I know there was a big talk for a long time that shorts were, were you know, significantly less of a revenue driver, even though they may be getting millions of views, you know, and they're very high engagement. They were getting significantly less revenue for creators at from their our long form content because you know there's just simply more ads on long form content and that's how the uh youtube pays out creators you know where do you see that at currently like has that changed is are shorts you know uh, a better driver of revenue and if not you know to me i think this remix feature and the the idea that youtube is trying to get more of these people that are viewing shorts over into long form content where ads can be served i feel like that's a clear indicator to me that the revenue for the creators should also be improving um, because they're getting more views on their long form content, which is where the money is. You know, what, what is your experience there of the revenue differences between shorts and long form? Um, I can't speak a ton on it because I'm actually not monetized on YouTube yet. I haven't reached 4,000 hours. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I mean, if you just think about it, right, I think the podcast is going to have more monetization opportunities than the YouTube short. I've noticed on YouTube shorts, at least for me, that there's a ceiling like you. I've never gone like really, really viral on YouTube shorts, you know, compared to TikTok. You know, I've never even got mm-hmm. like 36,000 views on a short. I know people do. Um, so I think that YouTube's goal of like 10 million views on YouTube shorts in 90 days, I think for a lot of people, they're going to find that almost impossible it depends i think on what type of creator and your native youtube following because it does seem like the people who have a large subscriber base their youtube shorts perform better and that that makes sense right yeah um that's not necessarily the case on tiktok though right tiktok you could have five followers and have a video with 23 million views and the subscribers don't really play into it as much um but i think on youtube it it does um more Mm -hmm. i know small i know there are some cases where that, but just me personally, in my experience. Um, so yeah, I would think about, okay, w- how do you actually make money on it? Well, you make money with the number of ads that are displayed. So mm-hmm. if you create long form content as long as possible, well, there's more opportunities for ad placement. So, you know, going more towards the, the longer form video. Another thing was that if you're attracting the audience, that is interested in long form content, right? You're, you're training or you're finding or you're attracting the audience that enjoys the long form content. You're going to be able to monetize that better over time than trying to get all those people who are interested in short form content. Yeah. So I, I, I think at the beginning, yeah, focus on shorts. If you're brand new, just cause it's more accessible and you don't have to put in right. an hour into a podcast. Right. But I think mm-hmm. if you're looking to monetize just off the content itself, then it's really like, okay, well, how do I, how do I drag this on as long as possible? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, and keep them there so that they're watching the ads yeah. and whatnot as of well. Course. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, cool. Well, you know, I, th- I think we're getting pretty close to to time here, so I want to ask you one more kind of interesting question. Get your thoughts on it. There's a lot of you know constant back and forth about you know, what platforms that people should be prioritizing, what platforms have the biggest opportunity, you know, you know, I'll say personally, I'm a huge believer in LinkedIn right now. I think LinkedIn is in this booming phase, lots of new features coming out, lots of support for creators um, and organic traffic, you know, organic 
reach in general is, is still very solid, very easy to access compared to platforms like Facebook and Instagram that have diluted over the years. And, you know, TikTok is in this phase of uh, still being really great for organic reach, but there's a lot of worries around bans and concerns there. Um, you know, so where do you see maybe your like top three platforms that you kind of have your eye on right now as like the big opportunities for 2023? Yeah, I would, I, I would say YouTube and TikTok and LinkedIn personally. I just don't really like the <laughs> interface of Instagram and, uh, you know, I just don't, it's not enjoyable for me. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. who have a lot of success on it, but the ones that I focus on are YouTube, TikTok, and LinkedIn. And I would say this too. I think it's a really important statistic that 82% of all internet traffic is video. Mm. And 70% of that video, 70% of that video is watched on a mobile device and more and more and more. Most people have a cell phone. Uh, Almost everybody has a smartphone. Very few people are maybe own a laptop or have a desktop computer at home. So even on my long form YouTube videos, I'm uploading them vertically. Yep. That's interesting. Even on the long form ones, you're doing them vertically. That's cool. I haven't seen a lot of like vertical video content. That's more than like, I don't know, like two or three minutes long, you know? So are you saying like 10 minute videos that are all vertical? Yeah. Yeah. Or longer. I upload all of my podcast vertically. So I upload my YouTube podcast vertically. And then when you watch it on your phone, it takes up a lot more space. First of all, um, and then when you use the remix feature, it's already formatted and ready yeah. for the YouTube short. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to really take my long form horizontal video and then edit it into a vertical video. Well, many people aren't watching the vertical or aren't watching a horizontal video. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, or they're not turning their phone at least to watch the horizontal video. Maybe they're watching it, but the horizontal video takes up this much space on your yeah. screen. When you upload a vertical, I mean, it takes up a lot more. So, um, that would be, you know, as opposed to what platform I would say, start, you know, the AR or, uh, virtual reality isn't going to come for a long time. You mm-hmm. know, the smartphone and, and mobile video is still really, really new in the timeline of things. And the, and I think vertical video on your phone is probably the next decade of what we're going to be doing and virtual reality adoption or more complex things like everything. It's going to be a slower rollout. Um, I think you're going to have a hard time convincing a lot of people to put on, you know, the Mm -hmm. virtual reality glasses. So I think prioritizing short or not even short vertical video, right? Yeah. Short or long Um, is short or long. Yeah. Right. And and you're going to have more success with the short video. There's really no such thing as a viral long form video, unless you're one of the (laughs) big podcasters, but now with the remix feature or with short form video, yeah, you can you can link it directly to the long form and then, you know, get a couple of people who are interested in it. But yeah, I guess that'd be my recommendation. That's really interesting. Yeah. I need to play with the idea of doing long form vertical. You know, I just have not seen a lot of that. And it's really interesting because I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the numbers are obviously make sense. A lot, most people are mobile, um, you know, but still like most of the 10 minute plus videos that I see are still in that horizontal format, you know, but you're right, you know, outside of, people who, you know, work in offices or work remote, you know, style jobs. Like I know 
a lot of my friends and people that, you know, never use a laptop, never use a tablet, never use a desktop computer, even if they might have one, they barely use it. And they definitely aren't using it to like consume content. They do that on their couch with their phone, you know? So it's really, really interesting. I, I need to play with that and see what comes of that. I'm, you got my, you got I'll my gears. Say this, I'll also say this about LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is, is great, but I think some people overhype it. Like when I talk to the normal everyday person who isn't an online entrepreneur, marketer, salesperson, I'm like, Hey, are you on LinkedIn? They're like, what do you talk? Like, why would I be on LinkedIn? Like, I'm not looking <laughs> for a job. You know, the average person isn't interested in networking no. or building their LinkedIn database. They're a nurse. You know, that's the most popular profession in the country. They're working a man, you know, why would they want to go on LinkedIn? And so they see it as like, it's the worst of social media. It's just all advertisements for businesses. <laughs> so I think you really need to think like for yourself as a business, like, you know, is LinkedIn right for you? Right. I do think it is great for like the marketer and the salesperson, but for the majority of people, it's not, it, it it's, you know, if you're yeah. not B2B, it's, you know, it's not very, yeah. it's not very good. And it's, it's kind of boring compared to the other ones too. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, the playground I, for B2B, but yeah, B2, like any yeah. sort of consumer interaction or, you know, younger audience demographic, not the place for sure. Not the place. Yeah. 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 There's one thing I, I was, other thing I was going to say, but I forgot. So yeah. <laughs> no worries. Well, look, great, great. Alex, yeah. it was amazing to have you on the podcast today. Um, we'll definitely have to do another episode sometime. Maybe that, that last question or last thing you were going to say will come to you. Um, and we can talk about that next time, but man, where can people find you? Where can they join the, the creator network? Where can they, you know, work with you? Sure. Thank you. Uh, if you want to connect, go to creatornetworking.com and come to one of our meetings. We have some really, really amazing people who show up, people with millions of followers, people who are brand, uh, they're like liaisons between creators. We share a lot of tips and, you know, reveal what we're doing. So if you're interested in the creative space or want to connect with other creators and marketers, creatornetworking.com. And if you want to find me on social, I'm at Creator Tutorials. So my YouTube channel is probably the best place to find me for that, Creator Tutorials. Uh, or you can search Alex Set. So cool. Thanks, Aiden. It's great to be on the podcast. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Alex.